Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Filmer. And joining us now, uh, the baby new year, Bobby Blaze. What's happening, Bobby? Hey, man. Happy new year, Professor. I'm just so glad to be back on air with you. Um, I'm also glad that you forgot to give me the proper introduction of Billy Blaze. Um, <laughs> glad you forgot that. We kind of left off there. Happy New Year to all the good fans out there. You've been waiting for this episode. I hope it holds up. We're just going to do some house cleaning and have a good time with it like we always try to do. And uh, it's going to be back on the air with uh, our wrestling fans and with you, my man. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it takes me, like, after we've been off for a while, it takes me a week or two to remember what the intro to the show is. So, <laughs> so, um, and I was going to throw in and member of the Jim Cornette family this time, but I got all yes. jumbled up over myself. Um, hey, I didn't, know you were, I didn't know you were trained by Virgil. Yeah, well, it's tough training, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of meat sauce and fuck money involved in there, I'm sure. Yep, yeah. yep what it was yeah hey um, so it is 2022 and it feels a whole lot like 2021 and 2020 already but how's your new year holding up bobby hey, so well <laughs> so far so good two years ago today we're recording this i went to the hospital for about seven days uh, so i'm yeah. trying to overcome that uh thinking oh you know negative thinking i don't want that but i have been to the um eye doctor uh, last Friday and I had my uh, first cataract moved off my left eye and I seem to be doing okay with that right now. Um, it, it's uh, kind of one of those things I couldn't wait to get it done, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, if all goes well, I'll visit the doctor this week and um, have the other one done around the 20th. So um, I'm, uh, it went pretty smooth, I think, man. We had a lot of snow. Uh, Let's see, on for, uh, Thursday, it started at 1 o'clock. It said it was going to start at 1. Some trickles started coming out at 1230. At 1 o'clock, it snowed from 1 until 10, nonstop. Um, luckily, um, I, had, I had a ride over to the facility where I had to go to for eye surgery. And um, the, the one ride didn't work out, and I won't go into details about that. Uh, but uh, my man Casey King came through for me because he has a Jeep. Hey, there you go. <laughs> man, he got up early and picked me up, and we got to that eye clinic, uh, no problem whatsoever. And uh, due to the fact several people had canceled, because they asked me later today, they called back to verify could I make it, and I said yes. Um, my friend's got a Jeep. Casey texted me and said, not only do I have a Jeep, I've got an Eagle, and we're going to make it, so I like that. <laughs> but um, anyway... Um, I got there, only had four people out of, I don't know how many is supposed to be scheduled that day. I was in and out, I was right on schedule for the, uh, by the time I filled up my paperwork, right on schedule for 8.30 appointment. And um, you have to leave there and go to another appointment. When I got to the second office uh, back over here in town, um, cause I, the surgery was actually done over in Ohio. It's kind of a weird setup, but nonetheless, I'm not complaining. Uh, there was probably about three or four people there and man, I was, um, had everything done in less than two hours, believe it or not. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, due to that snow, it helped me out, man, because a lot of people canceled. But um, I'm feeling real good. I have to wear a patch when I go outside for the next couple days, and then I have to wear a patch when I sleep. Um, but other than that, um, man, it, it went real good. I'm, I'm starting to see, you know, pretty clear. I get a floater here every once in a while, like I was telling you earlier there. If I look directly into the computer that I take my eyes off, there's some little black, you know, float by. Yeah. Other than that, man, I'm doing pretty good, I think. Um, you should get a parrot and, like, you could do a whole new, like, uh, pirate gimmick or something, you know? Or, well, I know. Uh, yeah. Someone did, um, you know the old joke, don't you, about the parrot that, that always cussed, and uh, he had a, a you know, the, the owner, he would tell him, owner had a patch on his eye and the parrot would say, fuck you one eye, you know, mm -hmm. and he said, you know, if you do that to me again, I'm going to stick your ass in the freezer. And of course the parrot did it and he stuck him in the freezer for about 30 minutes. Took him out of there. He said, now what do you got to say? And the parrot said, well, fuck you one eye, you know. And so uh, <laughs> next thing you know, he said, you know, by God, I'll stick you in there for a couple hours this time. Well, when a guy opened the freezer up, there's the parrot frozen, frozen, frozen. Stone dead, but it's got his left hand or wing over its one eye and a middle finger up on the other <laughs> arm in the wing. So, you know, you get the point. Someone uh, did come by my house and drop off something. I won't say who. And uh, <laughs> I heard him knock, and I was putting my 
uh, house shoes on and I opened my window to make sure it's who I thought it was going to be. Uh, just peeked out through there and the guy was standing there hand over his eye, flipped me off. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. Just leave it outside for me. Uh, uh, Drop me some pizzas off. I had some frozen pizzas and some beer and, you know, the necessity that you need when you're going to be uh, uh, laid up for a, a couple while. days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, good hookup for that too. But anyway. Oh boy, what do you There's cow about? dog ringing yeah. in the new year. Uh, she has developed this new behavior when I'm on the phone or when I'm when I'm wearing headphones, she gets especially rambunctious and and crazy now. Um so she knows like when I'm talking to other people. And so yeah, she, she's jealous. Yeah, she starts getting a little nutty. Little anxiety issues over here with her, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um so, you know, this week we're not really going to do like our, our typical format i mean we've got we've got a topic we're going to hit a little bit later because just kind of an interesting thing I, i've got i want to hear a little bit about but i do want to hit some news stories this week and i'm gonna yeah. start i'm gonna start with a softball okay? okay uh they announced yesterday or the day before that mickey james the women's champion of impact is going to be in the wwe royal rumble this year didn't yeah. they just fire her by sh- shipping all her shit out in a garbage bag like just yeah. months ago Actually, earlier this year, uh, well, last year, she was fired, and that was the way, I guess, they shipped her stuff to her. But um, also, you know, it's good to see that they're uh, able to still conduct business uh, professionally. And I heard that, uh, or I read, you know, uh, probably pretty much like you have, what a huge statement that makes uh, for impact for one of their employees to be going to the Royal Rumble. So yeah. I think that's pretty cool, man. And um I'd like to I like to see all these women succeed that are trying to in the wrestling business. Um, and, you know, it's kind of sad that uh, we're going to talk about releases here in just a minute. But, you know, I, I guess due to the circumstances, I don't know who the person was. I can't remember the exact story. But, yeah, I guess they just put her shit in a, in a trash bag and had it dropped off or whatever. And that was that. But, um, you know, she uh, probably very forgiving heart and also uh, getting some good coin for that. So, uh, uh Good for her, man. Yeah. I just, you know, we're, we're hearing about all these releases, and I've got a couple couple theories I'm going to throw out there when we talk about them a little yeah. bit later. But for them to fire her like the way they did and then immediately go back and like, hey, we don't have enough people to fill out our Royal Rumble. Why don't you hop companies <laughs> for one show and come back? I'd be like, hey, here's a fucking anchor. Why don't you go drown somewhere? <laughs> well, I think it's probably just business only. Yeah. Um, and like I said, she must have a kind heart. I don't know. But uh, I know probably about 99% of the other people would have said, hey, fuck you all. You know, or uh, here's your anchor, like you said. But yeah. uh, uh, sure, apparently she knows what's best for business because, you know, well, she's been on um, uh, uh, Impact and NWA. And um, now she's back in WWE again. I mean, that's. That's getting out there, man. And oh, absolutely. That's good for business, so absolutely. That's look, I look at it. Nick Aldis lucked out when he married her. That's that's all I'm gonna say because it's like, hey, the wrestling money's dried up, but I just got my royalty check from all my country albums. You know? Yeah. There you go. So yeah, he uh, he lucked out there. Um, yeah, I just thought that was kind of a shitty thing, like to see, you know, just as a fan to see that that they're firing yeah. people and then having to like go back and like, hey, by the way, could you dig us out of this date, please? Right, yeah. right. Well, you know, there's a lot of quality people. And last year, it was 80-plus people that were released. Uh, some of that was um, some t- some contracts were expired, you know. Oh, sure. Uh, most of them were releases, though. Um, yeah, that went across uh, uh, coaches and staff and wrestlers as well. Um, the, the one, some of these people really, uh, kind of like you said, I can't think of who it was I was going to mention, Someone was on the NXT roster, and then I got up, called up to the main roster uh, with a carrying cross, maybe, and then a couple of days later, got you know, um, maybe a couple of weeks later, got got released. Um, uh, I guess with his wife uh, Scarlett, um, uh, with a uh, boat. Uh, Bordeaux. Bordeaux, but she is a gorgeous lady. Yes, You've never she seen her is. In person. I've never seen her in person. I've just seen her photographs, but yeah. It... Un- unreal beauty, man. Unreal beauty. But yeah, you know, that's just kind of weird, though. They got released, but, but you know, prior to that, um, yeah, he got caught up to the main roster. You think, well, that's a good thing, right? I uh, don't think they've done too much with them there. Let you know, a couple things happen, and boom, you're released, you know. 
Um, I'm more concerned about a couple people I know personally. Um, I've spoken to one of them just by uh, DMs, mm-hmm. and, and uh, they seem to be think they think they're going to be okay. Um, but uh, Scott Armstrong, I mean, my goodness, man, a guy's been around the business since they was born, um, you know, and then grew up with a wrestling father and wrestling family, and uh, man, he could do any job. You know, he, he was a referee there. Of course, he's been a wrestler, referee, uh, writer, producer, agent, whatever. Um, and his brother, Road Dog, um, Brian Armstrong, you know, them guys have been loyal, you know. Uh, and and I, I told Scott when I saw him a few years back, they, they know they work for a first-class company. Matt Company is, is just first-class when it comes to, you know, your backstage production, your, you know, the way you treat your employees. So... So, you know, I, I think it, you have to take, put in everything in perspective as to the way it goes. And your director of talent and development and um, head of your global recruiting, uh, William Regal got let go. And he was there for 21 years. And I, he wrote a really cool tweet, you know, about, hey, he just appreciated the opportunity. He was, he was gladly happy basically working carnivals when he was a young, you know, youngster over in England. Um, and, uh, you know, it took – now he's – top company in the world. I think those guys like that will probably land on their feet in the rest of the business. Um, AE will probably, you know, grab them guys right up. Um, I would imagine if that's what they want to do and continue in the business. But, um, you know, Samoa Joe, uh, Keith Lee, some of those guys uh, still active, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Keith Lee, they was giving him a huge push at one time, and then I guess that just kind of stopped and and then he, you know, things happen, man. Um, this, 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 it's business, and most of the time it's just business only. And maybe that goes back to the Mickey James <laughs> thing. Um, it's business only. You well, know? you know, they've they've been stockpiling talent for a long time, but I guess on last year's um, border direct, not border directors, uh, shareholders meeting, the uh, the phone in shareholders meeting. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody said, hey, you know, I noticed this AEW is snapping up a lot of talent as we let them go. And Vince McMahon's reply was along the lines of, well, we can help them out with that. <laughs> so, you know, there's, you know, is he trying to just flood the market with talent that they'll have to pick up? Or, you know, I mean, you know, what what's kind of going on here? I think, and I know a lot of people are saying it, and there's been no evidence to back it up, but I've been in corporations who are getting ready to go through an acquisition or be acquired. And this sure feels like things you do to look really profitable before you go up for sale. Yeah. That's what you was telling me off air the other day. Yeah. So you think they're going to sell? I, I sure think so. Um, I know it sounds ridiculous and like in like deep down, I'm just like, there's no way, there's no way. But I start looking at things like all these people that are getting cut loose because, like, Hunter was the guy who was going to take over and save the company when the old man retired, right? Right. All these people getting let go right now are Hunter people. Yep. You know, it's it, it, it kind of feels like they're going to just go ahead and, you know, they've already rebranded themselves as a marketing and licensing company. Um, it just it feels to me like they're going to you know, do whatever they're going to do, make the company look, you know, all sorts of profitable, which it is. It's more profitable than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now they're cutting contracts, which is just going to drive that up even more. Um, but yeah, it just, it feels like to me that they're going to just, you know, sell to like Fox or Disney or somebody like that and then yeah. just walk away. Yeah. That's a good point. You've mentioned that off the air before to me. Yeah. Um, that's very interesting. It just, very you know, it's it's something I don't want to say out loud because at the same time I say that and I think that, I also think there's no way Vince McMahon would, would sell that company, but there is. He doesn't give a shit. He hates wrestling. <laughs> you know? <coughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to some more news. You got What else you got for us? Oh, let's see here. Matilda the Hun from Glow Wrestling passed away yesterday at the age of 70. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it was a story I saw later last night. Um, you know, kind of, kind of caught me off guard. And you know what? Is as dumb as it was, I enjoyed Glow, and she was a fun villain to have, over the top. Yeah. She was like, she was as over the top as Ricardo Montalban was as Khan. It was just a lot of fun to watch her. You know. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I'd seen a couple years ago uh, uh, with social media uh, that she has health problems, and that's been several years back. So. 70 years old. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I like that series Glow on uh, Netflix. To be honest with you. Oh sure, that was uh, that was a good show. I really do. Yeah, um, they got some good actresses in there. Some, you know. Uh, good-looking ladies to look at, you know, and uh, they mm-hmm. all know the roles, and they, they play them, and that's what the business, you know, it's what, it's what it's come to. And um, I'm a Mark Marin fan anyway, and I think he does a good job on there. So. Oh, yeah, you know what? He's he's actually pretty good. That, that um, you know, I remember him when he was doing uh, hosting shows on, like, Comedy Central when it was a brand-new channel. It was, you know, kind of yeah, yeah, awkward. Sure. And, you know, but, yeah, he's always been funny. I know a lot of people listen to his podcast and like him quite a bit. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. up, fuckers? Yeah, exactly. What the yeah. fuckers? Yeah, I do. I like. That's actually one of the first podcasts that I, you know, used to download, listen to, and subscribe to was one was that one there, and then uh, probably the only one I. It's probably the only one that I've listened to longer than I have Joe Rogan. I'll say that. And also, I liked when he was on IFC. He had that Mark Maron show on IFC. It was pretty cool too. Always had different guests on there each week. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, where he actually recorded his podcast on for TV. Um, had some good characters on there uh, each week. But um, all right then, man. Uh, let me just give a shout out to some uh, 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 some books. How about that? Man? Sure we thing. Sell yeah. some books. We, we got to sell some books uh, over here. We got to do our own sponsorship here, man. I've got two books out there. If you're new to the program, uh, you're going to hear it. Uh, Many times, if you if you've already uh, subscribed to our uh, channel, we appreciate it, and you're gonna you, you already know the drill, and that is this: uh, pin me, pay me, have boostful travel is available at tinyurl.com/slash/blazebook1, and that was my first book I wrote. Again, it was. Uh, Fuck, want to draw a blank for some reason, Jeremy. <laughs> Pin me, pay me, have boostful travel. And again, just go to tinyrail.com slash blazebook1. The second one, I kicked out on two, the educational wrestler. Just go to tinyrail.com slash blazebook2. And that's the way the professor has it written up. They're available on Amazon. And just go right over there and hit one of those links, and it takes you right to it. And the program gets a little bit of kickback from it. We also have www bell to bellblazecom You can get some cool t-shirts there, and you can also get the books off of that directly, too. And again, our program will get a little bit of kickback out of that. Some pretty cool t-shirts on there. Speaking of which, if you go to townrl.com slash blaze shirts, that's with 10-minute time limit. They got some pretty cool shirts over there. Um, so I appreciate you all visit any of those sites. Uh, uh, just to help the program out and help a brother out. You know what I'm saying, man? Let's uh, let's start off 2022 right. Let's get some money in our pockets. That's yeah. Jingling. Let's, let's get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, see yeah, here. Yeah. I was I was I, that had me heading in their direction and it just completely blew right past me. Oh, um, so I had gotten a few messages a week or two back here, and somebody was just like, "Hey, are you guys okay? No episode this week." And no, we just took a couple weeks off, guys. We were kind of hitting that point where we're pitching ideas to each other, and then we realized, oh, yeah, we've done that episode already. Yeah. So it was just kind of like time to, like, hey, let's sit back, clear our brains for a little bit, do a little wash down. It's the first time we've missed an episode in a year and a half. Yeah. Um, so. Well, Holidays, like you said. Yeah. Um, I put out a tweet the other day. We do have some upcoming ideas for shows. The first one I put out, Jeremy, I had them. I had some um, people uh, send them to me. I don't know if you got very many replies over to the Bell to Bell Blaze on Twitter, but um, your favorite British wrestlers, um, if you want to send us those, either at uh, Bobby Blaze seven forty four on Twitter or at the Geekish Cast as Jeremy or at Bell to Bell Blaze. Um, on Twitter, and there's also a Facebook page for that one. Uh, send us your favorite British wrestlers. Uh, the question, Jeremy, I guess, is um, I had about, I've got enough for a top 10 very easy. I've got my personal probably top four or five that I you know know about from England. And, and if I said that, English, a couple people put in like, um, uh, I'll use Fit Finley example. You know, he's Irish, mm-hmm. so I didn't know if we needed to open it up to the UK or just keep it at the British wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? So, um, well, just kind now, of kick that around for one of okay, our episodes so, coming up. So, British is the islands. So, all of that is, is Britain. Well, well, see, there was a kind of a little, what an argument. Some people were trying to do 
differentiate on on the little tweet I sent out and I was like, well, if this guy's Irish and this guy, and they, I, I put it out there as British or English wrestlers. So once we, we find that, we need to, once we decide to do an episode, we need probably re, to define. Refine that a little bit. Refine, yeah. yes. That's, yes. I mean, I don't think so the that I, way no one would be pissed off at us. Yeah, I don't know if the Irish actually consider themselves to be part of the British islands, but I, I do and I believe most geographers do. <laughs> Um, yeah. but you know, the UK is England, North Ireland, Wales, and Scotland. Right. Right. Yeah. So that, that's a country that's made up of four kingdoms in that country. Um, British as I've always understood it was all those islands over there, which would include Ireland. Um, okay. but you know, at the so. same time, I don't want to have somebody blow up like a, a garbage can in front of a school bus or something, right. you know, because don't of the RA stuff here. Guys. Yep, exactly. Um, and I think we've got, um, we're kicking this around. Um, dang, I'm just caught a couple floaters up my wall there. Woo. Sure, they were <laughs> spiders. They could have been spiders. No, there's two nails over there, man, in our Ramones album. That's all I see. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, we also thought about doing it for Japan, you know, top hmm. 10. I don't know how we do top 10 Japanese. That may be a list of 20 or 50 or something. Oh, I don't know. Well. So we have some, you know, different top 10 uh, topics coming up. Um, also, um, we're going to have uh, hopefully a guest coming in in the next couple of weeks, probably on the about two weeks out. I will not be here. Uh, Jeremy would be happy to know that I am going to a WWE house show. <laughs> well, maybe maybe you can pick some stuff up at their yard sale, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, myself and some of the students, uh, we're going to be going to the. Um, uh, watch that show on a Sunday afternoon show. So you can so you can be all like, hey, you see that hip toss? Don't do not do it like that. Right, yeah. right. Now, I will say this, um, and if you've ever been to a house show, um, and it's been several years back since I've been to a couple, um, they usually let the guys work out there, man. Um, usually get about 10 or 12 minutes in and, and um, you know, get to see a little bit more than what you get to see on TV. Yeah. And that's not, you know, you get a little bit of music, um, they get in a ring, boom, it a boom, a boom, they get to do their stuff. They get to sell it and put it out a little bit more before, you know, they have a finish, whatever, you know, the, the, the finish is. But it's usually pretty good, I will say that, when they're not recording a Raw or a SmackDown or something like that. Uh, speaking of other shows, there's a big show coming for FTC. I've got to get this out there, Jeremy. Mm -hmm. February 12th. Uh, FTC at a time warp uh, presents my way. It's going to be at the Boyd County Community Center in Ashland, Kentucky. It's for Fight TV. It will be on Fight TV. Um, as of Thursday, I'm not sure if it's going to run live or in a one-hour delay. Um, I'll know that uh, when it's Tuesday. But we've got uh, Rikishi coming in, uh, Enzo, Redbeard, Jordan Grace, Luscious Lawrence. He's from OVW. Uh, Scotty Two Hotties coming in, Matt Cross, Shane Storm, and our last man standing match, you'll like, yes, you're going to have Brock's Boulder and Jock Sampson. Oh. Um, got a girls match. I'm really excited for this. We've got Reese Ramon against Sarah Bubbles. And then there's a triple threat ladder match between Caleb Thorne, Juan, and Psych Ward. So, uh, and there's about three other matches that I haven't even mentioned, but they're on there. I do know that. So it's going to be uh show starts at six 30. Uh, there's two dark matches and it goes, like I said, it could go live at seven or it could go on a delay at eight <clears throat> for fight TV, but it's going to be about a three hour show and be well worth your time. If you're in Ashland, uh, Huntington, Ironton, tri-state area, again, that's FTC. Um, and uh, Time Warp is a sponsor of that as well. Pritchard Long Care is a sponsor of that, and um, some other people as well. So I just want to put that out there because that's some good people that I know of, you know. Um, and uh, one of our advertisers said this better be a good show, or his girl told him this better be a good show because uh, apparently they have some other plans. And he has said, hey, if Bobby Blaze has anything to do with it, it'll be a good show. Well. Only thing I have to do with it, I've, I've got a event license. I can stay in the back, um, you know, just kind of help from the back. Uh, too damn old to be getting in the ring, man. <laughs> but I, I can assure you that if uh, if we book this thing right, and it looks like it has been, uh, it could be a very good show uh, to start off the new year. So, um, well, excellent. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, again, that's February twelfth. Yeah, well, that's right. I'll speak more about it. 
uh, going to try to get you someone to interview, hopefully, Jeremy, okay. from the show. Yeah. I, I don't know who, but uh, we're going to have someone in, like I said, on the 23rd. Hopefully someone from Matt Program uh, uh, Wrestling Show uh, will be able to call you or you call them and get an interview out of them and uh, put that up for the uh, for the show in a couple weeks. So, Well, that'd be excellent, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. I bought a new piece of uh, recording equipment here, and I can actually – Bluetooth it to my phone and take a phone call and have it still come over my uh, my regular recording software now. Nice, yeah. nice, yeah. That's been a big improvement. Sounds like spent a few hundred bucks on it, so I'm hoping it it works out. This is my first time really using it, so yeah, you know, we'll yeah. we'll see how everything goes. Yeah, cool, cool. Well, sounds pretty good over here on this side, man. Well, that is good. Yeah, you're coming. You're coming through nice and nice and clear as well. So uh, it's it's uh, very clear here today. I'll say that too. After that snow, it went up to forty. I don't know, forty two or forty five, <laughs> melted uh, relatively quick in the next you know day or so. But today, it got to about thirty five, and uh, this is a pisser for me right here, man. It's gonna be seventeen tonight. Tomorrow, a high of thirty two. And tomorrow night, 13. And, man, my God, it got down to 7 and 11, two oh different days, days last week. And that's just not old man weather. You know, that's no. old man winter. Yeah. Man, I we, just stayed under that blanket, man. We, we have not gotten cold yet this year. I think we've been down in the 40s, and that's it. Um, uh, and and yeah. sometimes, you know, we get down, you know, every few years we'd get down to the point where it was cold enough for pipes to burst and that kind of shit. It doesn't snow in this part of California. I think it snowed here twice in my life, and yeah. and only for like a few minutes, and then it's done. Um, okay. So it's been unseasonably warm. Uh, fortunately, we did start getting some rain a while back, but it looks like that's done now, too. Um, yeah. We don't really get a winter here anymore, unfortunately. Well, see, December was really mild for us. It was unseasonably warm here, too. But, like, that Thursday the other day, man, I mean, uh, OBW even canceled their show. I know a couple people out there that was actually, you know, on their way to the show or on their way home trying to get back from the show. Um, and out there on the highway was, I guess, some, some major uh, – traffic jams out there due to the weather oh yeah well i can't I remember mean, it, what state it, it was but people had to spin the night on the freeway yeah that was it over in virginia i think yeah yeah i think um, it was, was virginia yeah, yeah as far as kentucky yeah in virginia i think was, i'm not sure if it's around richmond or not but now here in kentucky it was around winchester and lexington um there was a 50 to 75 card pile up down there Oh jesus and uh people were getting out and getting hotel rooms and this and that and i'll tell you something else listen to this now i don't know the full story on this uh this is out of louisville uh and i'm about three hours from there man but check this out a fucking guy uh was was out um people leaving their stranded cars this guy went out and fucking stole like three or four of the cars and went out and sold them to people. I mean, he got busted. It was on a, it was on a police thing. I saw it this morning through my news feed on YouTube, and I started cracking up. I didn't go into great detail about it, but it's like basically he sold four cars, I think, and, and went out and sold them relatively cheap and went back to find some more stranded cars, you know. So uh, oh, anyway, he got busted for it. But damn, people would do anything, I guess, you know. Yeah, I mean, what did he think, that the snowfall would never end and so the cops <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking. It just had three or four police reports up there on top of my screen. I was like, I'm a, I was scanning through some other stuff. Like, I, I, fuck, I'll tell Jeremy about that. That's crazy. So. Well, you know, not not that I'm a career criminal or that I've ever pulled off any capers or anything, but I, I would want one that didn't rely on it never stopping snowing again for me to do it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, as long as this weather holds up, my criminal mastermind <laughs> yeah. will will get me through. Yeah, and I don't know how he sold the car so quick. If he just, you know, basically was desperate enough to say, hey, you know, I'll take two hundred or two thousand for this. Oh no, there's no paperwork. Don't worry about the VIN number. Uh, we're good. You know, yeah, I don't, might not want to ride around downtown Louisville on this thing, but anyway. <laughs> I, I assume you guys have a pink slip or something similar to it. There. Oh yeah, we got a pink slip VIN yeah. numbers. You know, they track all that. Yeah, so, so. I, I don't know. Maybe over there, everybody keeps their pink slip in the car, and it's literally just as easy is jumping in and signing your name on something. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't think that's the way it works, but yeah. anyway, 
Um, I know you brought up something the other day you wanted me to talk about, and I, let's just kind of go into that if you do want to. Yeah, you want you to know, know some ah. locker room stories. Yeah, so I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and they were asking just like, hey, is there anything, you know, any stories about, like, they kept calling it a green room. And so, okay. you know, so, like, I guess the sort of my questions would be, is like, is every show pretty much similar? Is it always a locker room? Is there, Have you ever seen anything that was different than a locker room? You know, what's your experience there? Oh, yeah. Well, ask my brother. Uh, <laughs> um, I won't reveal his character, but let's just say this. We done a show. Uh, Marlowe's was this Marlo was a, a multimillionaire, had a country music place up on a country music highway uh, down 23 around Pikeville Way. OK, mm-hmm. well, uh, one um, Labor Day weekend, this has been a good uh, several years back, would have say that, and um, he got a hold of me to run a professional wrestling show. Now he has he has stables, he had a mansion, stables, barns, you know. Uh, he had uh, country gospel uh, rock groups coming in. I mean, he had it all like a three day festival, man, for that weekend. And he wanted wrestling because he had had wrestling way back when. He used to bring the ICW back in back. Oh, in the day. okay, yeah. He had a bar big enough to run wrestling in it. Yeah, Marlowe's. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I book a show there and, um, yeah, I got some, I'll say this, some guys that were so hot, I got some serious heat from them because, um, when it came time to, get, I got the money up front, of course, when we got there and Marlo's putting me over, I'm putting him over, boom, boom, boom. And, um, <laughs> he goes, well, you got two places to dress at. He goes, uh, you are more than welcome to use the, this front room of this house right here. Um, big old nice entrance, you know, uh, air conditioned. And this is very, very hot, you know, first week of September weather. And he goes, then the other dressing room can be at bus out there. Well, there's a big old bus. I think Charlie Manson must've flew in and dropped (laughs) off (laughs) over on the other side of the hill, had the windows blacked out and this and that. He said, yeah, no one could be able to see in there. You guys can check. So I said, there's the Hills locker room, man, right there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, my brother and, uh, uh, Scotty Ace, uh, uh, Primetime Jones, several other fucking guys were a hot man, literally hot, uh, about having to dress in that old school bus, man. Uh, so yeah, I've seen that. Now, I've, you know, in Canada, I've had to go, uh, it was spot shows that we did for, um, Wednesday. We used to have a spot show in addition to our regular towns. And, um, we did one at a, uh, uh, rodeo. So, man, we had a dress there, and locker room was just basically back of a barn, man, you know. Yeah. Uh, muddy as fuck because it had been raining and stuff, and, um, you know, that, that was our dressing room was just, you know, uh, like the side of a barn door, getting mm-hmm. there and drop your drawers or whatever. Um, in Japan, believe it or not, I wrestled on top of a, um, a uh, mall, a big mall. Um, I made mention, I think, when he's talking about these tall buildings in Ashland, back during the bluegrass con um the you know as you can imagine in tokyo some pretty damn tall buildings uh oh, i don't yeah. know that we weren't the tallest one because it's just a mall so you, you know maybe five six stories up but we were on the roof and of course they get some rain there and um the ring had already been set up and we were at the show and they had two tents just that you could peel it out you know like pinch outdoor tents and uh if it wasn't for those tents we'd have been soaked soaked because the only time we went out was to get in a ring and wrestle and run right back into that tent. So I've dressed in tents before, you know, on top of mall parking lots. Um, that's that's pretty crazy, you know. So those, yeah, they, they got some impromptu locker rooms. Now, more to the question, a lot of times you'll go, um, if you got a high school gym, you know, uh, typically you have a, a, a home and a, a visitor's locker room or, you know, a boys and a girls locker rooms at least. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, either referee can walk back and forth between them, uh, or, you know, we've had it on tape recorder or, or what have you. You just know your bookings when you come in. But now, uh, in, in your bigger companies like, you know, when Smoky Mountain and uh, WCW and WWE, you have production meetings and things like that. Got a lot of uh, stuff typed up that give you, uh, it'll be written on a door or it'll tell you where to go for the war room or for productions at, or if you're invited to, uh, 
if you're in on that production meeting, you know, you'll have a sheet as to, you know, which segment you're on, um, that segment, you know, one through eight or however long you're shooting for or what have you. Those are all generally pretty, you know, pretty uh, good, uh, stable kind of things. You know, you go to catering and they just take over every building. Vince will set up somewhere just like, you know, the guys in WCW did or, or Jimmy did or what have you, you know, we set up an office and, and then again, you go to the locker room. Now, my first experience uh, my first match on September 11th, 1988 in Hayside, Virginia. Um, I wrote about this uh, in my book. It's a uh, man, you know, when you're in high school and um, I'm thinking more like uh, it's a throwback here reference. Porky's, you know that movie Porky's? Oh, a lot yeah, of guys are yeah. trying to peek through the hole to see the girls in the shower. I love that movie when I was a kid, in- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> shit, I always wanted to be in a girl's locker room. I mean, who didn't, right? So uh, when I got to go and finally had my first match, the heels were in the girls' locker room. And I thought, all right, man, I'm in a girls' locker room. Well, you got to realize, first of all, um, they're high school girls. Mm-hmm. And second of all, it's a Friday night or a Saturday night, and there's no students in there anyway. Yeah. So that's a good thing. But what is in there is a bunch of elbows and assholes. I mean, you got to add a bunch of swinging dicks. Swinging so, dicks man, and athlete's foot, ex- yeah. <laughs> There you go. So I'll get to the athlete's foot in a minute uh, and the swinging dicks. But, uh, yeah, so you're in there, you know, you're not obviously thinking, oh, man, yeah, I'm a girl's locker room. Woo-hoo. Uh, that, that's your, you know, your uh, high school fantasy type thing. I said porkies or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, for, first time being there, I was in there for, um, you know, a couple of uh, – couple white guys, a couple black guys, and a couple Samoan guys, you know, all that with heels. And uh, like I said, elbows, assholes, and swinging dicks, man, basically what's in there. Um, so that was my experience for that. Um, let's go on to uh, uh, Big Dicks there. So this happened at Smoky Mountain Wrestling, <laughs> and there was a few of those guys there that had them, I'll just say that. And uh, I'm talking uh, baseball bat size okay Jesus yeah, I'm Christ. down to the knees down to the knees a couple of them i won't i'm gonna try to say it without mentioning names i'll just say that but um you're talking about athlete's foot you know you always want to have a good pair of shower shoes to take with you um you, know, you never know when you have to fight vader in your shower shoes there you go yeah, yeah use your flip-flops to <laughs> kick someone's head in you never know but um anyway <clears throat> i was sitting on a bench after a match unlacing my boots and um, um, someone come out of the bathroom, uh, out of shower rather, and stood in front of me. And um, this person, one of a few people called me Smedley in the business. So I give you kind of get it down to who that probably was. Only two people there called me Smedley. One of them was a referee. Uh, so, uh, and uh, Ricky and Robert was to my left. I remember that. <laughs> Um, you know who I wrestled a whole lot there as a heel, too, so I'll just throw that out there at you. Okay. Anyway, he said, Smedley, you got shower shoes, boy? And I said, no, no, I actually had these really good aquatic, uh, Nike aquatic slip-ons I'd wear, but for some reason I'd forgotten them or they, they were soaked at home or I really don't know why I didn't have them because I normally had them. And uh, he said, well, someone broke a bottle in there. You're going to need some shower shoes. And he kicks his off and says, take mine. And I said, no, man, it's all right. It's okay. I'm good. And uh, so I'm like thinking, uh, you know, I'm not looking up. I'm not looking up. I don't want to borrow this guy's shower shoes. Well, about that time, I'm looking over towards Robert and and Ricky, and they just give me a look like, you better look up. I turn and I look. The guys drop the towel, and there it is, is, man. I mean, it's like the fucking uh, (laughs) – I don't know if you remember George Foster from the Reds had a, a big black baseball bat. <laughs> so there you go. It's down there about to the knees, and he's got his flip-flops. He kicks them off. He goes, you better use these, Smedley, or I'm going to whip your ass. <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. He said, I don't want to see you cut your feet in that shower, boy. And I said, okay, man. And, and he just stood there, put his hands on his hips, and started swinging a little bit. And I was like, Oh man, you motherfucker! They all laugh. Everyone's laughing. I can't remember who's my, to my right. Oh, Honestly, I can't remember. I mean, Ricky Rock being there. And there was one other baby face in there, but anyway, I was like, oh man, uh, yeah. So uh, get to see some big dicks in there. If that's oh, your thing, you know, yeah, all shapes, yeah. sizes, and colors. Um, uh, 
Hey, that can, comes to mind. That to me, I just uh, can I tell a stupid story real quick. Please do. And did you figure out who I was talking about? No, I didn't. Okay. I, I just I started flashing back to that show Spartacus, and they had that episode with the guy they kept calling Horsecock because <laughs> he was <laughs> literally like dragging one onto his knee. Um, years and years ago, obviously when I was a teenager, you know, I had a cousin who was just a little bit older than me who who died when we were in our early twenties. Um, but he had been screwing around with this girl who had a boyfriend and we're teenagers. We're all hanging out in this parking lot, drinking and bullshit and smoking cigarettes and using dirty words and stuff like that, you know? And this guy pulls up, my cousin says, Oh shit. I go, what? He goes, Oh, it's so-and-so's boyfriend. I said, Oh fuck. He goes, uh, head towards the truck. So I start moving over towards the truck so we can get out of there is what I'm thinking. Guy comes up, takes a swing at my cousin, but he was moving forward and he fucking went down over his own feet. You know, it's that, that you know, you've seen it where people just fucking too much momentum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you just go straight yeah. down. So my cousin turns around and fucking rib kicks the guy at the point of his cowboy boots, just right in the ribs. And then he walks over to his truck, reaches into the back seat. It was an Isuzu Pup, ugliest little truck you've ever seen, right? He reaches in there. Pulls something out and he turns around and he starts whipping this fucking guy with something that it looked like a fucking rubber hose. <laughs> and we jump in the truck. We're taking off. He throws it on the floorboard on my side of the truck. I look down and it's a fucking black dildo as big as my forearm with a fucking <laughs> handle on it like a nightstick. Oh, geez. And we're, we're driving and I'm like, what the fuck, man? You know, that guy's going to call the cops. He goes, what's he going to do? Tell him some little white guy with a huge black cock beat him for 10 minutes? He's not going to say <laughs> shit. And then we're driving yeah. for a few more minutes. I look down again. I go, hey, Chris, why do you have a huge black dildo in your truck? He's like, don't fucking ask. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> oh, man, that guy's probably still traumatized <laughs> to this day. Oh, I would imagine. I, there's, uh, you don't get whipped by a dildo and not fucking flinch every time you see somebody fucking move. You yeah. know? Ah, God wow. damn it. Uh, <laughs> hey, so let me ask well, you. I'll tell you one more. Oh, I was going to okay, ask you a question. I just got one more cock story. Uh, <laughs> okay. This took place actually in a trailer out in a field. A step up from a fucking bus, okay? Okay. Uh, it was in Smoky Mountain, and it was um, uh, down in Martin County, Kentucky, which is just an hour and a half from where I'm at right now. Um, they have a... The, uh, I can't remember what festival they have every year, but anyway, we had to dress in a uh, trailer there one year. Um, we had these annual fairs and, and, and uh, festivals and stuff we, we had contracts with, you know, for, for summer dates that fill in our schedule. And uh, Boo Bradley, or Balls Mahoney, which went, I knew him as Boo and Balls, but uh, on that particular day, he was in the uh, trailer. He had just been home up to uh, New Jersey and uh, had come back to start the loop. And um, he's sitting there nude. Now he's a disgustingly huge, oversized guy, as you know. You know he didn't have the best hygiene. I've talked about that before. Yes. I've heard Johnny Candido talk about it, you know. Yeah. But uh, he was sitting there just waiting for, he liked the first one there. I guess he'd, you know, we'd driven back from New Jersey or what have you. Um, I said, him, him, probably him and Tammy and Chris, uh, you know, just got there early. Uh, anyway, he's just sitting there, he goes, Want to see my dick? <laughs> I'd already seen his dick before, and it wasn't directly just towards me. I think Tracy and I was actually walking in the door together. Ricky and Robert wasn't too far behind us. Like I said, it's one of, and he goes, want to see my dick? And like, uh, fuck, is he talking to me? You know, because I don't really want to see this guy's dick. I've, I've seen enough of his ass and everything. And May stands up, and by this time, a couple more guys are in the trailer, and he flops his dick up in his hand, and he's got it pierced, the old Prince Albert. Oh, yeah. And so he's running around bragging about, you know, and he showed everyone his dick. And um, then as what happened was where people all had to keep coming in and, and changing and using that trailer, everyone said, Throughout the whole evening, hey, man, have you seen Boo Bradley's dick yet? I mean, there was even some fans that followed us around that, that you know, would come to those shows. And they asked, hey, have you, have you seen Boo Bradley's dick yet? <laughs> you oh, know, God. so chalk one up to Boo or Balls Mahoney there for having a Prince Albert and asking people, do you want to see my dick? Oh, hey, you and, know what? At least he showed gave, it. At least he gave people a choice. You know, he didn't just like, you know, flop it on their forehead. <laughs> uh, not really. You walk in a guy's neck with his dick in his hand, you don't have much of a choice. But uh, oh, anyway. Shit. Yeah. I got a couple more of that's the last of the cock stories, I tell you that. Oh man. Uh, um so one of the questions I had for you. Now and I, I I assume this is probably a no, but I had to know. Did, was there ever a situation where somebody had like that you saw 
like somebody got a private dressing room or something and then had some weird ass demands like only green M&Ms or some shit. Oh, I mean, not you don't you wouldn't have to say who if you did. It just had you. Yeah, no, there was, you know, I've been around to enough shows on 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 New York and and, and well, you know, WWE and, and WCW uh where, where guys did have private rooms and things like that, but I didn't ever witness anything, you know, too too bizarre, nothing okay. like that. You know, obviously, girl come in, a girl leave, something like that. Uh, you know, maybe you know something's going on behind the green door, if you will. But I, I never, where someone said, you know, we have to do this, this, and this, or have that. You know, yeah. no, only uh, only this brand of bottled water or some shit. Yeah, uh, no. And and uh, then here here's my my question for you. Okay. Besides Bobby Eaton. Did did dressing rooms or any of these places? Did they have like a concierge? Like if you fucking ripped your trousers or something, was there somebody else on hand, or did you just hope Bobby Eaton was there with his duffel bag of tricks? <laughs> now in WWE, they have uh, they have seamstresses and stuff there at one hand. Um, they they're they're people on some of those TVs. They're making costumes that the guys are out there wrestling. Actually, wow. So they're I've seen it where guys are getting costumes made and also getting haircuts and beard trims in the back. You know, for, wow. for big shows like that. Yeah, where they've paid them to come in. Well, you know, look, you've always said uh, that their their production is is top flight. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, the uh, a couple more I had was a. Uh, um, we had a show, we had a three day run with, um, brought Tommy Rich in. I just talked to Tommy a few weeks ago on the phone. He was here, uh, for a show, I think in early December. Uh, so, uh, we had a show at one in West Virginia and two in Kentucky. And on the third night we were in Ashland and a couple guys that weren't booked, but, uh, but were did wrestle independently, uh, come down to see Tommy and have a few beers. And we had taken some, uh, Gatorade down there. And um, he, there was no beer yet. And he goes, you know what goes good with that Gatorade, don't you? Some vodka. <laughs> so that was pretty funny because we ought to start cracking up, man, because we knew it was just a matter of time before he started in on the, the, you know, the gimmick. So, um, and one other one, my friend that passed away to Dark Shadow, Carl, uh, my brother would be mad if I didn't mention this story here. We were in a show in West Virginia and um see if i get this right man so the heels are in one locker room and the face are in another locker room it's uh it's caught it was the war memorial so it's just it's an actually an auditorium type situation a big gym big stage uh really nice you know built probably you know say late 40s you mm -hmm. know being a war memorial it's 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 one of those places they even kept up to this day um but uh my brother and I sitting there talking, just, you know, relaxing, getting ready to go over some matches and stuff. Um, and here comes Carl, the dark shadow, who had already walked into the building in his mask to the heel locker room. And we saw him walking in, you know. We're sitting there putting the matches together, whether my brother and I are. And here comes Carl into the baby face locker room with his grip, <laughs> throws it down there and says, man. You know what? I told them guys over there at the other locker room, I must be in the wrong locker room. They was over there that talking. They, one guy was going to rip this guy's head off. One guy was going to hurt this guy. One guy was talking about how he beat a guy up with a chair. And he said, man, I just got up. And he said, I must be in the wrong locker room. He said, because I'm here with the actors. You are just mean and tough. Uh, you are wrestlers. I'm getting out of here. And he told me and my brother and a couple other baby faces in there. And we just started cracking up because he was so dead serious that them guys over, they're shooting over there, you know. <laughs> he's like, I'm here to work, boys, you know. But, uh, yeah, he, he and he came out and worked as a heel, leaving and exiting the uh, baby face locker room. But it it worked. That's just, it only worked for a guy like Carl, though, I'll say that. The dark shadow may rest in peace. But I uh, wanted to tell that story because that's pretty funny, too. Just oh, it is, yeah. That's good. And if you're a fan, you're sitting there going, wait a minute, didn't that? And there's only about 75 people there. I'll say it, it was for a um, uh, a drug-free prom fundraiser. Um, and well, that school must not have had too many drug-free students. That, that, sounds, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> and, yeah. So we, uh, well, like I said, I have about 75 people. But they, you know, it's good matches and stuff. But, you know, you imagine sitting there and you see this guy walk in with a mask. He's 
goes to the heel locker room where the bad guys, as you assume, and you come out and just goes in the other one and still comes out and works, you know, out. it's just crazy. So, um, I come tr- Oh, I got one more for you. Uh, Smoky Mountain one. Um, Harris brothers. Oh God. High school gym, or I think, I don't know if it's, a, I don't think it was Morristown high school. Anyway, summertime, about five o'clock, no one's in a building except for the boys, you know, uh, Got a production room set up. Got a couple of locker rooms set up. Uh, probably, you know, just people coming in, you know, myself and uh, whoever's doing TV that day, TV crews out there setting up lights and this and that. And I don't know which one. And if I did know, I wouldn't say which one it was because they're meaner and hell and tough as nails, as big as can be. And that's the Harris twins. They opened up a fucking locker room door and threw in a pack of damn firecrackers oh god and it sounded like the god office i mean people i mean i was in the next room uh i was not in the locker room they threw them into and i'm glad about that because it was so damn loud and and so scary uh, you'd have thought gunfire i mean nowadays i think someone's going to jail over that you know and i mean people come out of other rooms corny come out of you know production i think people from the uh uh ring crew scattered out in the, in the gym you know i mean it was just no one knew what the fuck was going on but that that was one of them pranks well, and um i'll tell, tell you this mm-hmm. sandy scott was none too happy about it and he let him know and saying he wasn't someone to fuck with <laughs> yeah so well and that's you know i can just see that because it's a lot of hard surfaces big open space of fucking yep. echoes forever my ears yep. are ringing just thinking about it, you know. Yeah, it had like these metal lock, metal caged lockers in the in the you know on a concrete floor and like a wooden bench, you know. So it's just, you know, that was loud, man. Yeah. It scared the shit out of everyone. That's just some of the t- antics and shit that goes on. Um, well, you know, nowadays I'm sure it's a a, a different environment. Um, you know, I locker room. I, if I go to one now, you know, it's just. Uh, uh, Usually got one big locker room or two small ones that back to back to each other because everyone knows what the fuck's going on anyway, you know, and which I don't like, but at least they go out separate entrances or whatever. But um, yeah, uh, for the most part, like I said, uh, the bigger companies, um, you know, they 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 pretty much come in, <clears throat> especially if it's not a high school gym or an auditorium. They come into one of those big buildings, you know, and and like I said, they set up an office for you know vents or whoever, the, you know, the road agents, whoever's going to be there, they set up catering. Or if it's not a, you know, big, uh, if it's just a house show, they provide a bunch of snacks and drinks and stuff for everyone in the back. They don't have a big, big-time catering like to do for the pay-per-views and stuff, but they do provide it. <laughs> and um, they block off a section in the back because, uh, you know, you can drive your car through there a lot of times underground, things like that. When you come up, you got wide open spaces back there. A lot of people work in that building. They usually got them big curtains up and block off a section where all the guys and girls are at anyway. So you're separate that way too. So um, anyway, I don't know. Enough boring stuff about locker rooms, I guess, buddy. Well, where's the cleanest locker room or dressing room you ever found? Oh, man, cleanest. Yep. I don't know that I'm, uh, let's see. Not even in Japan? I'm, no, I'm trying to think. I was going to, I was thinking maybe Australia. Uh, Japan, no, some of those places are so far out there, man. You're just, um, uh, just, no. Um, I'm shocked by that. Yeah, well. I may have just lo- trying to think I might have just it. lost a bet. Yeah, I could, well, I, I couldn't tell you. I'm just trying to think of a, the cleanest locker rooms, like, uh, man, that's, that's, that's a hard one to answer because, you know, when you, when you get there, usually they're in pretty good shape. Uh, sometimes not so much when you leave, you know, right. To like, you know, come and do the cleaning again. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, man. Just nice locker rooms, uh, facilities and stuff. Um, well then let's go on to my last question. Yes. Go ahead. Who, who had the best catering out of everybody you worked for? Oh, I hear New York catering is just killing it right now, man. That's why I hear. Well, you got plenty um, of money to spend on it now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, um, WCW, when I had catering, um, you know, we're, if we was in Texas, they'd have, you know, barbecue and brisket and whatever that area was known for, you know. Yeah. But uh, they always had um, a chicken selection. 
a beef selection usually, sometimes a beef and pork selection depending, uh, many times a fish selection, uh, always two or three different kind of pasta selections, um, Alfredo, red sauce, I mean, you know, uh, always had tea, coffee, milk, pies, cakes, um, uh, not a lot of sodas. Um, waters, you know, of course, a lot of water around. I don't remember a lot of them having um, uh, soda pops around unless unless it was a event sponsored by one, you know, you yeah. just get, get them out of cooler. Now, in Australia, you know, their catering, they just had every day before the, um, before the show, they had two big old 55-gallon uh, bats full of, uh, one had uh, uh, VB to Victoria's Bitter in it, the other one had Foster's in it, and then they catered whatever city was in, they either had, you know, a couple big old pizza chains, two or three different kind, bringing pizza, uh, uh, fried chicken, just an array of food every night. Uh, we had, one time we had catering from Ritz-Carlton, because that's where we were going to, um, they that's, we stayed at that first night was a Ritz, and uh, some way they, they brought in the catering for that, you know, stuff like that. But um, I don't remember catering. Um, and I may have mentioned this before, uh, it drive you absolutely fucking crazy for someone to come in a bitch about having to be there on a show. And you're like, wait a minute, you know, you got flew into this town, you're getting paid to do something you fucking like, and they're feeding you, and you're still finding a reason to bitch. Are you crazy? You know, and, and there were still people in that position that would do that and it would drive myself and so many other guys that I knew would be like, what in the hell is wrong with that person? You gotta be a very negative person to, to or just not unhappy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, ungrateful and unhappy, but I never was ungrateful, that's for damn sure. Um, and uh, I was thankful to a lot of places. Um, EA Sports <laughs> when I was there, we got to eat at the, uh, we stayed at the uh, Pacific, uh, uh, Pacific, uh, can't think any townhouses that had a big, nice restaurant. And anyway, uh, every morning you got a nice breakfast. They catered something from a nice restaurant every day at lunch because I had to take a break for a union for, you know, doing the recording and stuff. And every day they brought in something different that was just one day we asked for pizza and they was like, really? Y'all want pizza? And we like, hell yeah, they're killing us while there's other, you know, big fancy nice meals for lunch. It's just lunch, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, we'd be happy with some club sandwiches one day and some pizza one day. And they was like, are y'all sure? Like, yes, we're sure. Yeah, I don't need <laughs> but, uh, seven Sometimes it's so good you got to cut yeah. back some, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. That cleanest locker room's kind of got me, man. I don't sorry, know. sorry. I, I thought, I thought for some reason, I just figured there'd be like a place in Japan that was like, yeah, you know, the whole time we were changed, they had somebody there scrubbing the floor on on their hands and knees <laughs> no. with a brush, you know. <laughs> you know how the Japanese are, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess I'm gonna give it up for the uh, the bus out in the field for the uh, for my brother for that for that memory there for the. Um, locker room in the field so that's pretty good um yeah i don't know man um sometimes you get gone and you're just in a building and they all start looking the same you just walk in you know where to park you walk in um you know uh, what your schedule is you know what you're going to go down and you know you're going to put your stuff in a certain area like knoxville civic coliseum i knew exactly where i was putting my stuff at um knew exactly you know who i was going to see when I was going to see him, what was going on, what the deal was. Uh, same thing at Freedom Hall over in Johnson City. Um, you know, I knew where to park, knew where to get in at, knew where I was putting my stuff at. You know, I knew where production was at, knew where the gimmick table was at. And it's just like, okay, I, I'm in this loop. This is just where it's at, you know. So, yeah. No, and no complaints. No complaints, man. Yeah. I, I'd do it all again, and I'd do it ten times harder, ten times faster, and ten times better. Oh man. Well, you know, it, it, you know, experiences carry a lot of value. So, you yeah. know, if you, if you got a second chance, you sure get a shot at it. Hey, you know, Bobby, I, I was just thinking about something back on New Year's Eve, you and I talked and you broke the news to me that Betty White had passed away. Yes. And I said to you, she must've been within months of turning 100. She was within 18 days. Ah, uh, 18 days. Yep. 18 days well, later was her 100th birthday. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, we were talking, and um, my text, uh, I had you on speaker, and my text uh, flipped over there, and someone had tweeted, uh, tweeted uh, had uh, DM'd me and said, um, Betty White passed away at age 99. I was like, okay. Yeah. Did you get a chance okay. to check out any of the Craig Ferguson stuff with her? Uh, I pulled it up and saw it was a ton of it, and I did not watch okay. it. Okay, okay. No. Yeah, I just, if, so. if anybody out there is having a Jones for some Betty White funniness, Craig Ferguson, Betty White, look it up on YouTube. Fucking hours of it, and it's all great. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think we're, we're on an hour now, so let's yep. go ahead and wrap. We didn't do wrap too bad up, there for, uh, for not having anything planned. Um, so, yeah, uh, Bobby, I am going to announce real quick that I am starting another podcast with a friend of mine. It's going to be a Star Trek, very specific podcast. So if you're a giant nerd, keep an ear out. I'll let you know when it comes up. My dog, awesome. Good luck with that. Well, thank you. My dog wants to say hello and goodbye, I guess. And yep. uh, all right, Bobby, anything you want to bring up before we go? No, man. Just remember, um, get a book if you can. Buy mm-hmm. a T-shirt if you can. Help sponsor the show. Appreciate it very much. Uh, fans, as much as uh, you missed us, I've missed you. I'll tell you that because uh, I like uh, the interaction. Please follow me on Twitter at Bobby Blaze seven forty four. That's where I respond mostly back at. Um, like I said, Jeremy's at the Geekest Cast, or also you can hit us up at the Bell to Bell Blaze on Twitter and on Facebook on that one. And um, I love the interaction. And um, I just wish everyone a happy, happy New Year. And Jeremy, I hope that we are off better than we were in twenty. 20 and 2021 so let's make this a good year folks yeah let's uh you know let's try keeping you know everybody be a little bit responsible for the people around you this year don't be so fucking selfish that's the one thing i want to say to everybody you know who you are you know um also there's a guy up in canada who i guess had some really shitty things to say about some people who lost their job uh fuck you and come to the states i'll show you how to make somebody bleed who doesn't suspect it um, yep. fucking asshole. All right, so I got that out of my system. It's been percolating. Yes, you did. I'm glad you did. Yeah, it's been percolating in my head for a couple days. Um, yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And for the Latex Johnson, myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B Bobby Blaze, the member of the Jim Cornette family. Uh, I think the way I close the show is I say bye bye, everybody. <laughs>